The Crop Consultant Conference returns on September 28th and 29th in Visalia, California, co-hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and the Western Region Certified Crop Advisors Association. This two-day conference features two concurrent CE tracks for both PCAs and CCAs. Earn the DPR and CCA credits you need. Network on our trade show floor and join us in giving away scholarships and honorariums presented by Western Region CCA, including the CCA of the Year Award. Take advantage of early bird pricing for only $175. Price goes up after July 31st. Visit progressivecrop.com slash conference. This podcast is sponsored by the makers of All Grow Compost a natural, organic, based, all-in-one solution for a cleaner, greener world. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry. West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today we're talking with Cinegro's Bob Ford about the technical side of compost and how the composting process works into soil health. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you, Taylor. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you here today, Bob. Bob, let's start off with the basics of the compost process, you know, from start to finish generally. And how do composters really ensure that their product is actually safe to be handled? and applied to agricultural land after that compost is actually made. So for, for us here at Cinegro with our all, all grow compost, we uh, have a certified process uh, where we're STA certified, where we collect data and verify. Uh, we also test monthly. Uh, so you needed really a, a good process control uh, to provide a, you know, a good quality product and safe product to the market. And is that testing process what everyone should be doing? Is that a minimum? Is there a minimum testing process? Yes, I, I believe if you become STA certified composter, there's a criteria, and and one of the key criteria is the uh, the testing, frequent testing, and reporting. Certainly. And can you kind of explain really what you're actually testing when you do those tests? You know what mm-hmm. what are you making sure is there's not like too high levels of or or anything like that. Okay, we we test for a large suite of uh, elements, uh, nutrient elements primarily, uh, which are like your typical NPK, like your nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, which are key for crop health. Uh, followed by uh, other uh, micronutrients, copper, and other minimal uh, elements that are included in composting, as well as uh, pathogens. Uh, so like from food waste, any particular pathogens, you're not, you got to have those in control and be certified and clean on those uh, particular pathogens. And you talked about those nutrients there, Bob, you know, typically which um, particular nutrients, um, both macro and micro, are prevalent in fully matured compost? And really, how readily available are they to plants when they're applied to the fields? So that that's what's, what's unique about a, a good solid uh, compost versus like a manure, for example. In a, in a compost, the nutrients are complexed in with carbon. 
Uh, that's the other key uh, nutrient, especially nowadays with uh, carbon sequestration. Uh, we run about 24% carbon in our product. And uh, so it's a great contributor to uh, the, the current effort to control carbon. Uh, in addition to that, there'll be key micronutrients uh, to uh, the, uh, the crops like uh, magnesium, calcium, uh, as well as, like I said, maybe iron or, and uh, some others uh, that are you wouldn't think of. I think boron's another one very uh, critical to some of the crop health and particularly in some cases nuts. Certainly. And you were talking about that carbon there, Bob. I understand that the carbon to nitrogen ratio in a particular compost mix is is really important at the end of the day. You know, how do different um, ratios of carbon to nitrogen really affect the plants out in the field? Do they have specific uses for those different ratios? You know, how does that really work? Yeah, what, what the benefit there is, is the uh, the nitrogen complexing with the, the carbon in the uh, compost process. So Ideally, like for healthy soils initiatives in California, we look at, at, at a uh, 12 to 1 ratio of carbon and nitrogen. So that, that's a key target uh, for us uh, to be able to uh, participate in that, which is not um, you know, readily available in, in some compost cases. I'm just curious, Bob, are there certain levels of the carbon to nitrogen ratio that can be dangerous to the plants, like a too high or a too low situation? Um, ideally, yes. Uh, you know, um, you'll see a lot nowadays, um, uh, where, where folks like in orchards are turning in wood chips into their soil, you know, it's carbon, right? So they think they're doing a good thing. In reality, that will steal from the nitrogen, the, that ratio, those, that reaction will steal from the plants, the nitrogen that they need. Uh, and so it's not necessarily readily available for the plants because it's busy complexing with uh, the wood chips they in turn, where the compost is a uh, finished product, a mature product, and is readily available with complex nutrients, like I said. So we're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors. All Grow Compost is a natural, organic based, all in one solution. All Grow has shown to improve water retention up to 20%, enhance soil structure, improve yields, and provide critical nutrients at a 25% plus cost savings versus chemical fertilizers. There is no better all-in-one amendment providing cost-effective critical soil needs for growers. Contact your AllGrow Soil Health Specialist at 209-312-4016 or visit us online at synagro.com, S-Y-N-A-G-R-O.com. Synagro, your partner for a cleaner, greener world. Hi, we're back talking with Synegro's Bob Ford about the technical side of compost and how the composting process works into soil health. Bob, can you explain to me a little bit how compost helps with the soil's water retention capability as well? I understand that's a really important aspect of it. Yes, absolutely. It's it's probably one of the most key things going forward here in California right now is the uh, ability for compost to retain water uh, where you need it. Uh, basically, if you, and it's usually tied to percent car, uh, the uh, organics material in the soil. So the higher the organic level typically, and you get that through the sourcing with compost, of course, and incorporating that into the soil. So basically, uh, you know, two inches of compost will retain 
uh, one inch of rain, which is about 20,000 acre feet, I believe, approximately. Uh, so that's a lot of water retained in uh, right where you need it at the plants and at the plant roots, as opposed to running off uh, the drainage in the, in the field. Let me ask you this, Bob. I, I understand that cover crops can be used for a, a similar purpose, you know, retaining water in a certain area of the soil. Can you have cover crops out there at the same time as compost in a field? You know, how does that work? Yeah, I, I believe that you can, they complement, they would complement each other well as you break down those cover crops, right? At, at the end, when you're ready to turn those in after they run their life cycle, uh, you have the uh, the compost available within the soil. Uh, the other great thing about compost is it provides um, great uh, microbiology uh, and uh, funguses that are critical to soil health is incorporated in it. You'll see a lot of uh, companies today, uh, they want to sell you a biological agent to, with your chemical fertilizer. Uh, the one thing about all grow compost is it's it's right there, if you will. They uh, you, you get the whole suite of nutrients. You get the water retention ability. You get the uh, suite of natural occurring biologicals that uh, enable soil health and soil uh, nutrient delivery to the plants. So you get better uptake uh, in your crops or trees uh, by using uh, compost. Certainly. And one other thing about the actual application, does, does let's, let's take an orchard, for example, does the compost have to go in a specific area of the orchard, like around the base of the tree or can, does it go in the row? You know, is there a recommended way to do that? Typically, yes. They, they'll, the users will typically keep it close to the trees. So you'll, so you'll initially, uh, if you're putting it in a new stand of trees, for example, you will typically trench it, put the compost in, and then uh, backfill and then top dress with compost uh, throughout the, the cycle uh, of the uh, orchard. So um, it can go in the middle, but you know it also helps uh, keep that uh, soil loose. And that's one of the other great benefits of uh, compost is to alleviate the hard pan or hard pack. So it keeps the soil loose and breathing. Bob, you know, there's not just one type of compost. Uh, you know, there's a couple popular ones, actually, when we think about a manure-based compost or a green waste compost, you know, there's a lot of different little ingredients that can go into it to make it one or the other. So as far as those two are concerned, um, how do they affect crop nutritional value? How do they act differently there in terms of crop nutritional value? Sure. Uh, from, from that, particularly, let's start with uh, the, like a green waste compost. Very low in nitrogen. Uh, while it's compost, you know, you're still getting some of that benefit, uh, but typically a very low loading in nitrogen. So if you happen, you know, happen to have a need for low nitrogen, it, you know, it can be a good project uh, product. Uh, but yet at the same time, you have to look at it and make sure again it's coming from a certified source, preferably, uh, so it's composted right. Otherwise, you will get a lot of uh, straight green. Uh, green uh, weed type growth uh, that uh, that you don't want in your field, which will cost you only more money with weed control. Um, so basically, the, let's move on to the manure compost. While it's uh, very similar to uh, residual type uh, compost in nutrient level, it's probably one of the better. But however, again, uh, higher salts 
uh, really high sodium. As you think about it, uh, they feed the dairy cows a lot of salts and so forth. Uh, while you can have in the algal complex, you can have higher salt levels of chlorides, but they're the more healthy uh, nutritional salts that the plants need, like calcium and magnesium. Those are some of the basic differences. Uh, and, and, and again, if you do have a poorly composted manure, uh, again, you'll have a weed control problem. And so I'm assuming that these are, again, situational uses of these two composts. You know, a, a, a grower would have to assess the not only the crop they're growing, but the, you know, what their field looks like under the soil to actually know which one to use. Correct. It, you, you, it's best, uh, you know, with the certified crop advisor to work with them closely uh, and, uh, you know, get the best uh, for that particular soil. You're absolutely right. We're talking mostly in general terms. Yes. Certainly. And in your experience, you know, with with not only Cinegro, but other companies that provide these types of compost products, do they typically offer both of those options for compost or, you know, do you have to go to one company or another for a specific it, compost? Yeah, it's, it's typically dedicated. Usually the company will have uh, one type of compost or the other. You typically can find maybe a manure and a green waste potentially. Uh, so usually the, the green waste or food waste type compost will be uh, found with a, uh, other like a uh, residual or a uh, a manure type compost. And one other thing, Bob, you know, as you and the entirety of the ag industry knows, we've been suffering these terrible shortages of synthetic ag fertilizers over the past few years. Um, you know, over the next few years, should we expect any shortages of compost or compost products or are we in the clear for now? I, I would say, uh, Taylor, in, particularly here in California, uh, with State Bill 1383 and the goal for recycling uh, organic materials out of landfills, I can say that we can only have a, a growing ability to supply compost going forward over the next several years, uh, as opposed to chemical fertilizers, uh, which fluctuate. If we're going to have the ability to grow the amount of compost we can produce, I mean, is this able to be shipped to to other states is it a shippable product is it an exportable product um it is it is, it is within limits right as, as most things uh you know there is a limit on freight that you can do so in in some cases particularly nowadays with some of the the trucking issues that are going on you know post-covid and things like that um they do make challenges on the freight so there is a typical range and uh, particularly like for Senator, that's why we have multiple facilities uh, up and down the Central Valley. And just to finish it off here, Bob, what would you say to a grower that's maybe on the fence about using a compost in their field or orchard? What would you tell them? I would say, um, please reconsider. Look at the, the value proposition that we're bringing forward. Nutrient savings benefits, water saving benefits, all these things are on the rise for, for growers. And, you know, we're local, we got a solid recycle stream, uh, and uh, we're doing the right thing for the, the environment. Perfect. Bob, thanks for being on the show today. All right. Thank you, Taylor. This is Taylor with My Ag Life signing off. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.